Hi, I'm Luke Campbell and I work for a small wine company and he's Luke Morris and... Uh, I haven't prepared. I um, uh, I sent you a text during the week. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and together we are Luke's Talk Wine, who talk all things wine and booze and popular culture, think when to drink, why we drink it, and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke. Hello, Campbell. That's a question that we haven't really, I suppose we have picked up on, why we drink certain things. Yeah, I haven't really listened to you talk that intro for a while. I just picked up on it then. Ah. Well, that's going to lead fantastically into episode 20, season 2. And have we got an episode for you? Good afternoon and welcome. Good evening to the listening audience, wherever you may be. But... What have we got going on? It is wh- why we drink it. So today's topic, Luke Morris, is what's most important, region or variety. Ooh. And we could probably we could probably tack on to that thinking why we drink stuff. But then the listener question, which comes in from Rob in Caulfield, a regular listener. Rob writes, why are you laughing? I haven't even read the question out. Rob, Rob, Rob writes, why does wine always taste better at a winery or by the fire on holidays? <laughs> Rob. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we'll have a quick uh, splurge on what have we been drinking. But as always, in every episode of Luke's Talk Wine, Luke Morris, what's been happening in your wine world this week, pow? Well, you reminded me that I sent you a text during the um, week uh, and I sent you a, a text about, what was it called? Pinot, what was the Pinot? Yes. You did send me a text and I don't get a lot of texts, so I, I particularly took note of yours. I was like, ooh, text. And your text <laughs> read, Pinot yeah. Precoce with a yeah. French element and your your retort was, is this what you were thinking of? And I thought, how did he know that was what I was thinking of? Um, I didn't return your text. I do apologise. <laughs> but no, I was sorry. thinking of you and your text. Ah, um, well, yeah. Um, so, Pinot Ricotts, that uh, so interesting story. The back, the back to that is uh, why did I think you were thinking of it? Because last week you were talking about how champagne, the boundaries of champagne have increased. And that there's other oh, Pinot Noir yes. varietals that are allowed to be uh, included in Champagne. Um, yes. And I was thinking, and you were you were thumbing your um, yourself on Pinot, Pinot, Rain. Pinot. There's another Pinot, and that I thought, is that the one? Is that the Pinot Picasso the one you're thinking of? Well, Pinot Picasso is uh, it's a great call actually because that's what they call it in parts of Germany. But they also call it Spat and Alt Begunder ah, and any other Begunder you can come up with. Is that Spat uh, yeah. Oh, what a great oh, – okay, okay. I'm excited now. Uh, yes. Uh, so, no, but Champagne Picos is um, – yeah, effectively it's Spat But in the, you know, particular parts, it's referred to as Picos or Frubaganda. Frubaganda. If you're German, please – write in and criticise us about our pronunciation. I've got no idea about the German languages. Um, but do lo- I do love a good German wine. Don't worry about that. No, well, but the I, reason... I was, um... Yes, go on. Oh, 
I was going to say the reason I texted to you was nothing to do with Germany. It had a bit to do with uh, a new, or well, it's not a DOC, it's a new um, recognised region uh, on an international scale. Have you heard about this? The newest sparkling wine producer that can now be just termed much like champagne, but it's specifically. Have you, have you heard this? This is going to be going. My my ears are pricked. My ears are pricked. Okay, um, this is going to be this is going to be a game then, because I want you to start naming sort of um, spark, people who produce sparkling wine in the world, and I'll, I'll, I'll okay. direct you towards the country, and then I think you'll figure out the region pretty swift from there. Okay, S- Switzerland. Oh, oh, Switzerland. See, it is an yeah. unusual get. Uh, at the, the region I'm thinking of, and Switzerland is, is mm-hmm. a bit left field. But no, it's not Switzerland. Well, uh, this produce, country didn't go to war with Switzerland because they didn't go to war with Switzerland <laughs> and go to war with anybody. But there's your clue. No, they didn't. That, the that was Switzerland. Did go to war. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a new sparkling region that's not Champagne. Uh, well, they've they've been around for a little while, but they um they've got newly designated themselves as like a uh, an identifier. The Loire Valley in France. Oh, oh, actually, what do they call it? is is Loire Cremant? Is that what they call Cremant de Loire? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or no, um, Cremant de la Vivre, depending on how it's made. Oh uh, no, it's not Loire. Okay, um, no, it's not. In, it's not in France. Even though this country would have uh, plenty of warring history with France, unlike Switzerland. It's, it's not Prosecco. It's not Prosecco. No, you've, cha- you've moved further away. Change. You're thinking of mainland England? Europe. It is England? in England. Yeah. What is the England? chief sparkling yes, yes, yes. region within England? Oh God! It's somewhere south, south of Essex. It's on. It's in between, like um. It's 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 in between. Yes. What is the do? What's the denomination? What is the region? Hattingley Valley or something like that. No, that's a producer, isn't it? Um, Nah, it's 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 a county, I think, more than a specific region. But uh, south of Essex sounds very much like the name of this place. It is. Don't put you out of misery. Yeah, go on. It is Sussex. Sussex. The area of Sussex yeah, is now go. a apparently they they fought and they've won them their their right to be you know on level with Champagne is what is how they feel about it. You can go you can go to a, wow. a club in New York and order yourself a Champagne or a glass of Sussex, and ah, uh, doesn't that sound wow? But Pinot, uh, <laughs> that, that Pinot Noir, that, that, that other Pinot is one of the great varietals that they can uh, use. Yes, right. Well, there you go. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au. L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A dot com dot A-U. Have a great day.
because mm. you know, I did end up down a wormhole with champagne because you've got, as well as Pinot Noir, Chardonnay and Pinot Meunier, the other grapes allowed Pinot-wise you don't often hear about are Pinot Blanc, are Pinot Gris or Fromenteux, which is a, its historic Alsatian name, Petite Meisler, which is... Um, it was a cross between Savignon. So these are the new grapes that are allowed. Arvain, okay. which is thought to be the original name of Chardonnay. It's a Chardonnay derivative and it's kind of the rarest of them all. Um, but they're the other um, varieties that are used. And, and it took me down this wormhole because we were talking about on the last episode about, you know, not only the borders being increased, but new varieties being introduced. And so I thank you for that, Luke, as well as, Prino Precipice, I, I thank you for increasing my knowledge and forcing me to expand it. Well, hopefully you get yourself a nice glass of Sussex uh, soon. To, uh, <laughs> to celebrate. Celebrate. <laughs> I don't know if I can get excited about a glass of Sussex. Um, no, but, I don't uh, think so. It sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? It, uh, it does. Yeah, it sounds a bit harsh. It doesn't really. have the same allure as a glass of Loire. No, or a glass of French Accorta. No, don't miss glass, glass of sparkling Carver. Shiraz. Sparkling Burgundy Carver. is what we used to call it. Oh, yes, in the old days. Cold duck, mate. Let's go back there, shall we? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So, thank you. Thank you for texting me. Thank you for thinking of me. It is, uh, in fact, there's several Pinot groups used in Champagne. Um, hopefully, we've explained some of them, if not all of them, to the listeners out there today. Beyond that, region or variety. This week's topic is a hot one. How do you choose a wine, Luke? So put your consumer's hat. We're all consumers here, listeners included, us included. I consume. Yeah. I know you consume. What? And we, we, you and I said to people how best to choose a wine on this episode, walk in and choose something different and all that. But realistically, what is more important to the consumer? You've sold a lot of wine in your time. Region or variety? Um, I think variety is more important to the consumer. Um, if, you, if you're going to look for a Shiraz, for instance, um, you, you, people will be more inclined to buy a Shiraz than uh, something from the Kunawara. I'm trying to think of a, a, an example, but if they, you know, if if what they want is Shiraz and you say, oh, but I've got Kunawara Cabernet, they're like, oh, but I really want a Shiraz. I say, oh, well, we've got this Shiraz from the Hunter. And I'm not saying that the Hunter doesn't make good Shiraz, but it's, there's, let's say, oh, yeah, there's Shiraz from the Pyrenees. Yeah. And so people will be more inclined to say, oh, um, what's that? What's that like? What's that Shiraz like? That, that, that the, the, the great varietal, I think, dictates over people than the, um, than the region. Well, I wonder because do people buy, and it would be great to hear from the listening audience on this one, how can the listeners get involved, Luke Morris? Oh, um, if they want to get involved, you could string up a whole system of wires and learn Morse code and give Luke Campbell a book on how to decipher Morse code and uh, send him <laughs> a series of beeps 
in bloops uh, in the form of a question and or in dashes or you could use uh, email and email Luke's talk wine at gmail.com and I would argue, thank you very much for listening to the audience to, for getting involved and to you, Luke Morris, because I would argue that people don't necessarily buy Shiraz. They buy Barossa or they buy Hunter or they buy Margaret So what, do you think somebody goes in and says, I want a Barossa Red and then whatever Barossa yes. Red? I've got, oh, I've got Barossa Merlot. Great, I'll have it. No, that doesn't happen. Oh, no oh, 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 hang on. Are you are you backtracking on what you just said now? No, no, no. But I'm. If people think, rightio, it's Friday night. I'm going to the Botlo. Are they thinking? Are they thinking? They're not. They're thinking. I want to buy Heathcote. I want to buy Champagne or Sussex. I no, I just told you. I just argued thinking. that with you. But no, if no, if no. you even if it's good, if you said this is um, a drift from Heathcote. Do you think that would be more of a sway than to someone who's looking? Do you think somebody's just looking for a wine from Heathcote? Well, that that's that's the point I'm arguing. I, I think people are so. I, I think brand loyalty's gone. It's in the toilet. No, it's not. In the in our days, people used to always buy Petaluma or always buy Pepper Jack or whatever. I think that's gone. I, I think people, consumers, have moved on, and the knowledge is their knowledge has come that far that they're actually just buying those that aren't buying natural wines and pet nats and amber skin numbers are <laughs> buying the region. Ah, uh, see, I, I disagree you don't think with so? you. No, I. I've so, seen so more, in, in and I, I, I'm, me as 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 a taster, and I'm not to even guess and trying to assume about you know customers out in the wide world. I would be thinking about what do I feel like, and that would be that would be led by the grateful idol rather than so you, the you region. Feel, you, you, when you're thinking about it, it's Friday afternoon in your mind's eye. You're thinking about. Are you thinking about Cabernet, or are you thinking about? Pyrenees Cabernet. No, I'm thinking about Cabernet. I'm right thinking. Well, that's it. Thanks very much for yeah. listening. This is that's 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 a today's topic. There you go. You've heard it first, from Luke Morris. Uh, no, no. Squash. You, 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 so you, you variety think you, you think the great? You think the region? I mean, why, why do you think the region has such a pull? Only because I, I think people's. People's knowledge, I shouldn't say people, consumers' knowledge has exponentially grown in the last couple of years because we've been at home sitting on large sofas and we've either been doing virtual wine tastings or reading or just getting stuck into our cellars and people have fallen back in love with those great regions of the world, whether it be Burgundy or whether it be Barossa or whether it be Tasmania. They've either discovered a new region like Hawke's Bay or they're getting stuck into the Margaret River Cabernets. Like they I think they're identifying with regions. So, so here, here's a case in point, right? In, in past, you know, you might have written a newsletter, and that newsletter might have been entitled "A Welcome yeah. Arrival of McLaren Vale Shiraz." Like you, yeah. you would always list the the, the 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 region first in your copywriting era. Um, writing newsletters and wine forwards and wine books and whatever, wouldn't you? You would always list the region, wouldn't you? 
Um, I might have back in the day, but to be honest with you now, I know that, you know, it, um, I sent out a newsletter about Pyrrhorn Shiraz. And yes, but I didn't mention the region. Well, it's multi regional now, isn't it? It's not just Barossa anymore, is it? It's, um... Oh, it might be. I, I didn't even really focus <laughs> on that side of things. <laughs> You're just saying that to be argumentative. <laughs> no, dude, I can send you the copy of the email I sent. But the, 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 quirk, the quirk for me is that you, rather than pass, rather yeah. than say the consumer is doing it, do you just think of, I, and you just think of, I just want a glass of Pyrenees. Well, no, so the whole reason this, the whole reason this came up, right? So, and I'm glad you mentioned it. The, so the whole reason this came up is because, as you know, we do our four week advanced wine course here at Vinified. And it, it came up because you can find out about it on our website, www.vinified.com.au. <laughs> How do people um, get in touch but, with uh, Vinified? <laughs> you can find us uh, on the socials at Vinified underscore wine underscore services. Yeah, uh, and everything's there for your viewing pleasure. But this came about is because we were talking about, um, you know, the, the, the right varieties from the right regions. And for me, because yeah. you never stop learning, Luke, and you never stop learning about wine or whatever, I, I, I often teach if people, and this is a great tip, it's the first tip of the episode. I'm sure there'll be plenty today, folks. But <laughs> if you're just learning about, <laughs> if you're just learning about wine, the greatest way to train your palate, as you well know, Luke Morris, is to pick one variety at a time and say, all right, this month is July, I'm going to do Shiraz. And try Shiraz from the Barossa, from the Great Southern, from the Rhone, from Hawke's Bay, and, and, you know, at a block at a time. Taste the same variety, but from around the world in the right regions. And so it got me to thinking about the right variety in the right regions. And then it occurred to me that it's actually how I drink. And I'm wondering, this is the question that I put it to you in this week's topic, what's more important is are other people doing that or are other people drinking by variety? And you you have just quelled it, just, you've just hit it out of the park for six, saying, nah, all bets are off. People just drink nah. by variety. Yeah. Yeah, not regional. I yeah. think, well, that's, to, to be honest with you, that's that's why if you go into your friendly neighbourhood conglomerate, uh, they'll have things listed as Shiraz, Cabernet, Pinot Noir. And that's where people walk to. They don't walk to the regions. They're not showing that they're not promoting Kroonawar or, or, or Pyrenees or, you know, they, the regions. They're, they're promoting the grape varietals. And for me, when well, I do a newsletter, if, it, if, it's, if it's a Pyrenees, if it's a Cabernet from the Pyrenees, I'll mention it's from the Pyrenees as a unique selling angle to the Cabernet. But I wouldn't just mm. say great Cabernet even though it is. Fair enough. They, they yeah. might, if you're in your friendly neighbourhood conglomerate, <laughs> they might mention, they might just mention the region if you're They're low, low prices and they'll wine. never... Oh, yeah, but you, you, European so... wines are, are categorised by... But that's a difference between grape varietal <laughs> and the... And Australians focus on Australians focus on grape varietal, and Europeans focus on terroir. 
Yeah, right. Fair enough. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, you've convinced me. Fair enough. Yeah, okay, good. Move on. All bets are off. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, jolly good. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Next question. Uh, let me uh, let me just uh, uh, so settle right. down. I'll, I'll back into my crease and I'll get ready to knock another thing out of the park. Let's go. I'm gonna Travis head this. <laughs> Coming right at you, Rob from Caulfield writes. Why does wine always taste better? Why does wine always taste better at the winery or by the fire or on holidays? Luke Morris, you're the scientist amongst us. What do you got for me? Um, Lay it on me. Uh, well, it, this reminds me... Scientifically. Uh, I don't have any science evidence to this. I've just got a, a story that when I worked in um, uh, a shop in England, I know the uh, owner, buy, uh, buyer, went to Chateauneuf to Pup specifically, and he was like, oh, this is just so good. This is fantastic stuff. And then he's... Um, He's, he's 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 brought it back to England to Nottingham, and he's like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't as good as I remember it." And his brain was like yes. reminding him of all the fantastic sitting out there over the vineyard with the halls de Vores or whatever that they were serving him, and he was just relaxing and enjoying life, and just soaked up the ambience. And I think that's a lot big thing about wine, isn't it? Isn't the the company and the and the surrounding and the event itself is as important as the 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 thing that's inside the bottle? Well yeah, we can't be all be chemicals and classifications. I I think you've got to have some kind of connection to the wine. Yeah, so that's what that's Yeah, it adds plenty. I think if that 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 physical we're all beasts at heart, like female, male, whatever, but I think we've all got to have a, a connection, a, a, a sense of place, a, a leaning towards, like it might have been, like Rob Wright talks about holidays, it might have been those great memories of the holidays that makes the wine taste so good, yeah, but yeah. scientifically, I don't have the science behind it either, but, you know, it's got, scientifically, it'd have to do with the chemical compounds, I'm sure, and the whatever's, oh. wherever the grape's grown in and the minerals that influence those chemicals and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but no, but if you're talking about the, the... The goodness of the places and the people you share it with, hasn't it? If you're talking about the chemical compounds in your brain, you know, if you've got, if you're relaxed, having a great time in a, in a great ambience, you know, and your serotonin levels and dopamines are all up already and then you just add a... A few more with a, with a nice bottle, that's going to create a different scenario to going home angry about the world and sitting down and, and pulling open a bottle and expecting it to give you a hundred percent of the emotions. It, it can only do its its share. It can only pick up its share of the load, can't it? Yeah, I think so. But you raise an interesting point. If it's just if it's about increasing those dopamine levels and and maintaining an upward trajectory of serotonin, there'd be different ways you could do that, I'm sure, without relying on a fermentation process. But uh, I I think that there'd be a few factors, back to Rob's question, question, there'd be a few factors. And I I think your 
getting swept like your notation of getting swept away the ambience is a, is a really good one because if I'm sitting in front of a fire and I'm drinking a can of 4X <laughs> or I'm sitting in front of a fire and drinking a lovely, you know, room temperature glass of red, I'm kind of going to get swept up in the ambience a little bit more. Yeah. But if you but I guess if you're a beer drinker, you might prefer the 4X like I'm just is it the same for everything? Like we could all be smoking grass and weed. I mean, not that we promote drug taking on this podcast on Luke's Talk Wine, but <laughs> if, if it's just about increasing the enjoyment, we could just eat chocolate or smoke weed or something, couldn't we? But it's about it's about the wine. Why does wine taste better? I think it's really the grape itself, the place you're at, the people you're with, isn't it, Luke? Is that why? Yeah. I mean, if if you're saying that Isn't what's that bottled, really, well, that's the essence of the question we're asking, we're answering here. Yeah. If you're saying what's bottled is the same, well, we've as, floored him. If you saying what's bottled is the same as uh, you've had at the winery, so it's the same product and there's no change, then what you're experiencing is. Um, the, the, the mood set around it. It's like if you go to a film and you think that's the worst piece of cinema I've ever seen, and but somebody else thinks it's fantastic. Or if I tell a joke doing any silly stand-up, some people will think it's fantastic and some people won't. But a lot of that is is the film changed, or is the joke different, or is it specifically the person or the ambience? I, I think I think the mood of the room. For when I do public speaking stuff, the mood of the room can really heavily influence things. Yes. I tend to agree with you. I think you're right. No, you've gone completely now. I think you're right. I can't hear anything from you. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's cutting in and out now. Terribly sorry to the listening audience. We have had some technical difficulties uh, with recording our last episode of the season. We are going to take a full two-week hiatus, but we will be back uh, for season three. Um, so thank you very much for the listening. Thank you very much for the support. Luke Morris, if you're there, tell us what well, you I'm, think. I'm here, but hopefully it hangs on for another 30 seconds. Um but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll catch you. I'll, I'll catch you next time. Excellent, and please share it with friends. Share the podcast around. Rate and review. Tell us what you think about it, and send us your questions. But in the words of the famous Tony Barber, keep smiling and bye for now. Vinified are the wine sellers specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. www.vinified.com.au